Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Sad Times. My name is Kevin. For those of you who have never listened to the show, Sad Times is a show in which we uh, have people on to tell their story uh, or parts of their story about times when they were upset, angry, mad, emotional, um, any number of things, things that we all go through. Um, you know, it, it's it's to allow people to tell their sides of stories. It's to allow people to to share their experiences. So maybe somebody else who's had a similar experience can hear that and feel maybe a little bit less alone. Um, so uh, we, we appreciate you being here. By the way, anybody who wants to be a guest, we have set up an email address. It is sad times, uh, K as in king, C as in copper. I don't even think those are the right things, but sad times, KC, I would be a terrible pilot. My sister's calling me. She's not a doctor. Um, so sad times, KC at Gmail. Let us know if you'd be interested to be on the show, and we would we would love to discuss further. Um, so uh, today's sponsor, by the way, we do have two sponsors. Uh, the first sponsor, of course, uh, is secularism. Uh, that's secularism. Hey, don't blame us. Okay. Uh, and the second uh, sponsor is, of course, me selling my ugly, horrific face because we are on a Zoom call. Uh, if you live in a place where you need to make your, uh, say, uh, rival business look bad, you can have my face and just say that I'm your rival and then, boo, everybody will run and hide. So thanks to our sponsors, as always. Today we have uh, somebody I have uh, never met uh, who reached out to the show. Um, his name is Michael. Michael, how you doing, man? I'm well. How are you? Well, I'm doing all right, uh, other than I'm in a room with Brent. <laughs> um, so, Michael, how did you um, how did you find out about the show? I'm a longtime listener of Astoria 51, and on an episode, uh, Brent plugged the show, and I found the Sad Times show, and listening to some of the stories. Help me through some stuff. So I feel like I wanted to pay that forward. That's really fucking awesome, man. Um, not the Hysteria 51 part, but the rest of it. No. Uh, for anybody who's listening, of course, Hysteria 51, subscribe to the podcast. It's amazing. Um, it's wonderful, except for when I'm on. But it's a very funny, informative podcast. So that's awesome, Michael. And, and I think that's a really generous thing that you just said. And um, I'm really happy to hear that it did help help you through some stuff. So thanks for reaching out. I know we've only really talked a couple times, but um, looking forward to having a conversation with you today. So um, let's go back, as we all do, to, um, you know, childhood. Tell us about um, your parents and about kind of the home you grew up in and, and kind of their relationship. I guess we can start there and then and then kind of work our way forward. All righty. Well, uh, at the beginning, I guess it would be 1985 when my parents met. Um, my mother already had two daughters from her previous relationship and my father stepped in became a stepfather and then 91 they had me and i grew up with those two sisters i mean they're my half sisters but of course i grew up with them so i consider them my full blood sisters it doesn't matter that we don't have the same father mm -hmm. i mean my dad raised them so <clears throat> so was their dad just not in the picture at all oh that's a whole that's uh, a whole other thing <laughs> Spiker, uh, drugs, prison thing. Oh, let's, let's not get into that. All yeah. right. That sounds good. Uh, biker drug. All right. Got it. So, um, you, so they met in 85, but you weren't born until 91. You said, yep. Now, did they get married at any time? Um, no, they were never married. Mm -hmm. Um, they were together for 18 years. Um, at one point my dad did propose, but my mom said no. Okay. Um, this is a sad time. So, yeah. Uh, there was a lot of fighting. Um, my mom and my dad for, t until I was 12, they would constantly fight. Uh, my dad would kick my mom out of the house. Me and my mom, we'd move somewhere else. We'd get set up and then they'd get back together. We'd move back in with my dad. It was a cycle. So when I was 12 and they finally split for good, I was relieved. I mean, I hear about kids of children of divorce who are so sad, their parents are parting. It was not that for me. When they finally separated, I was so happy. I was so tired of the fighting. Would they just fight about like just anything? Oh, I mean, you know how, how it is. Uh, he's on the road too much. He doesn't send back enough money. 
Mm. Uh, that sort of thing. Did you ever try to, um, uh, being the, the child of the, you know, the youngest of three, but, but they're only full child, right? Did you ever yeah. try to like, uh, mediate that? Uh, I found that I've known a lot of people who, have Oh had, yes. Okay. I'm in fact, what we're getting to later, we we'll are talking about my, my year last year in 2022. Mm -hmm. I feel like because of the way I came up as the mediator, that I was always the person that never had beef with anybody in the family, not only between my parents, but when my sisters would fight, I'd be the mediator. When my mom and my sisters would fight, I'd be the mediator. I'm not real good at being the person who's in the conflict. I'm always the mediator. Did you feel, and maybe you didn't know it at the time, Michael, but like being that mediator, did you feel an immense amount of pressure with that? No, it just came natural to me. Okay. I just, I just feel like that's who I am. I don't like conflict and I try to resolve conflict anytime I see it. Okay. And you said that, you know, your, your parents would get in a fight and your dad would say, all right, that's it. You're moving out. I mean, would you have, would you have to find a place like that day? Oh, uh, I spent, me and my mom spent many nights in a hotel while she found a place. Wow. That is terrible. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And, uh, I, my dad would hit my mom as well. I, that's, that wasn't fun. Um, um, I remember, I have a memory, me and my sisters were in the car. This is probably before, uh, my eldest sister went to college, I guess, but that was in 2001. Uh, I remember with watching through the window, I was sitting in the car and my dad picked up a stool and he was going to hit my mom with the stool and she took it from him and she hit him with it. And it's wow. later that night. I don't, it's very blurry because I was very young. I remember my dad uh, sitting on the bed crying because he was bleeding from being hit with the stool. He was crying, take me to the hospital. And you said you were very young. Did you say how old you were? Um, I'm guessing this is probably around 96, 97. So it's probably like six or seven. Gotcha. All right. When Brent was 30. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, and so how old would your oldest sister have been at that time? Um, Dale, she would have been, well, she was 18 in 2001. So. So about 14, maybe? Yeah. Wow. And so is that something that generally, you being the mediator, uh, and I, I know this is your story, so you know I don't mean to, but like, would you find that your sisters played any mediation role, or were they more, they got away from it? or? Well, yeah, my eldest sister, Dale, like, as soon as she turned 18, she was gone. She got like, out of there. Yeah, she went. She first she went to school in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, but she eventually ended up at UNLV in Vegas. And she lives in Vegas to this day, but she's actually planning to move to Tampa this year. <clears throat> okay. And did you grow up in South Dakota? What was that? Uh, I'm sorry. Did you grow up in South Dakota? Oh no, I grew up in uh, Wyoming. <clears throat> Wyoming. I've been to Wyoming. Um, is your last name Cheney? Just kidding. <laughs> Um, Good one. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. And that is the extent of my Wyoming humor. Um, so you move. So at 12, they, they split up for good. Yes. Okay. Where did you, so did he move out or did you have to move out again with your mom? Uh, we moved out and then my mom finally got her own house, which was nice. <laughs> okay. And this is still in Wyoming? Uh, yes. And this, so this would be about 2003, 2004? Yes. Okay. And was, uh, obviously you said that you had a really palpable sense of relief, which I'm yes. sure, did your mom have the same or? Uh, it's hard to say. My mom was just, like absolutely gung-ho devoted to getting me to 18 so I could work, look out for myself. So her whole, everything my mom did was for me. She busted her ass every day at work to the point where once I graduated high school, she needed, she needed to have knee surgery. <laughs> so basically what you're saying is she needed that for a while, but she put it off just to get you through high school. Yes. So she was probably in constant pain. Yes. And what did she do for a living? Um, she worked in the meat department in the local grocery store. Oh, wow. Okay. And 
was she I, I'm just going to ask this. Was she part of a union or anything there or did they have that? There was a point where there was a union, but it was dissolved, <laughs> unfortunately. Oh, man, I am sorry to hear that as well. Uh, so you move out at 12. Now, did you stay in contact with your dad at all? Oh, that's the thing. I, I had more of a relationship with my dad as an adult. My Literally, my first job was working with my dad on the road doing pipeline work. Um, we have a decent relationship. It's just, he's a weird guy. <laughs> weird guy, okay. So you, you do still kind of talk with him? I try but he's gone down a whole rabbit hole and it's, it's hard to even live Uh, in the same reality as him. That is yes. Okay. And does he speak with your sisters at all? Um, well, (laughs) there, he speaks with my eldest sister a little because she's, uh, she, she's tried to maintain a, a sort of relationship, but my, uh, middle sister, Shannon, um, they had a whole falling out, over that's just a whole long story sure totally fine um and unfortunately as i you know i've come up and you know I, you meet people and then you get to talk to them about their families and it's really sad how often you hear about falling out between family members um yeah. where it's like well wait really they don't talk at all um I, i'm just annoying i just keep calling my family um so that was about 2003 2004 uh, you graduated high school. Your mom was able to get some knee surgery. I think you said that you went to work with your dad at first. Well, I mean, I, I graduated high school in 2009. Duh. Right. So 2003, 2004, you moved out. 2009, you graduated high school. Sorry. Yeah. And you went to work with your dad. And then um, did you have your own place or were you still living with your mom? Um, well, when I was working with my dad, we like we were like always on the road, like at like. Like I said, I grew up in Wyoming, but when we did this pipeline work, most of it was in Montana and North Dakota. So we were constantly living out of hotel rooms. Gotcha. Okay. Did you miss your mom when you were away doing that? Oh, yeah. Especially when I was like really young still when I was like 19, 20. Like I I miss my mom a lot. I'd call her like every day. I mean, I have to imagine going through something like what you're describing. uh, You guys probably had, I mean, obviously a mother and a son are always going to have a bond, a very strong bond, but you must have had a a, a whole nother level of a bond or or just a really strong bond. And do you feel that that she was really relying on you as well, even though she was doing, as you said, sacrificing so much for you? Do you feel like she really relied on you in any way emotionally or just needing you there or? I would imagine so. Like, she was just my mom. She's my best friend. Like we did everything together. We watched movies together. We liked the same music. Like what's some of your favorite of... musical artists that the two of you liked? Oh, uh, we're into heavy metal. So like, yeah, Godsmack, yeah. disturbed. All that, right. That, that kind of stuff. Do you guys ever go to any concerts together? Unfortunately, no. My mom's health when I was an adult took a downturn. So we, I was never able to get that experience. Although I would have, I would have loved to go to a concert like that with my mom. Oh man. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. So you, it sounds like from what you're saying, it, um, did you lose your mom? Um, yes, she passed in 2018. I'm really sorry to hear that, Michael. Um, especially again, talking about the bond that we were talking about and what you guys went through together. I'm sure that was incredibly difficult. Right. Um, which we're going to get into later, later. Um, I wouldn't have gotten through that without my ex. Mm-hmm. I, I, I leaned on her quite a bit. Uh, so, so, and this is a pretty, so how, when you say you leaned on her, were you just, just, you would just basically t- share your feelings with her. Yes. Be very upset. And she was like really and, open to that. And, and y- woke yes, her. she was always there for me. Like when I found out, we were we were just starting dating when I found out that my mom was likely going to pass, and I had even attempted the end of the relationship there because I the idea of being personable with somebody and being intimate with somebody when I was going through what I was going through, mm-hmm. I, I I attempted to break up with her. She refused. She blew up my phone until, <laughs> and she eventually. Once my mom did pass and uh, she, I, I, I could I talk to her about it and she would 
listen and she would be there for me physically and cut and cuddle me. And I, I don't think I could have gotten through it without her. It's a pretty, um, I don't know. I, I I'll call that a kind of inspiring, right? The fact that you're like, I am going through the hardest thing. One of the hardest things people can go through and I'm going to now try to retreat from it. And she made the effort to not only be there for you, or sorry, to get you back, it sounds like, right? To blow up yeah. your phone and stuff. And then once she got you back, she was there for you in, in many different ways. Yes. Um, and so you had just started dating in 2018? Um, we started talking for the first time, like near the end of 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like we were officially together in like, yeah, around the beginning of 2018. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And then, so once your mother passed away, were you, st- where were you, were you in Wyoming still at the time? Um, no, I, I, I lived in Colorado when my mom passed. Oh, I, I still live in Colorado now. So you're in Colorado. Okay. Now, did you move down there for work? Um, yeah, well, in 2017, I actually intended to move to Orlando, Florida to do, uh, my game design degree. Cause I wanted oh. to make video games. Okay. And, uh, once I got down there and they processed my financial aid, I didn't qualify for on campus, uh, so I ended up having to do online and I could, I ended up not being able to find a job down there in Orlando. And I, I happened to have a cousin who lives here in Colorado, who is able to get me a job, which is why I ultimately landed in Denver. How long were you in Orlando? Literally just like four months. <laughs> okay. Um, that sucks, man. How long was that program supposed to be for the video game design? Um, I believe two to three years. Okay. Um, so you're a big gamer? Um, yes. Now, was your mom a gamer at all? Oh, uh, no. No. <laughs> she, that's one thing she didn't understand. Like, I, I tried to get her interested, and she would just look at me like, I don't get it. <laughs> I would be doing the same thing, Michael, because uh, once it stopped being side-scrolling, it got too complicated for me. Uh, I still remember when uh, my best friend got the, you know, the N64 for Christmas or whatever right after it came out, and... I was like, oh, a new Mario game. And then I started playing. I was like, I what? I, why can't I go everywhere? This is too fucking much for me. So um, what are what are some games? Do you like like role-playing games or what kind of games do you like? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm big into RPGs. Like I'm a big fan of uh, Bethesda. They're the people who do Fallout, Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently, just uh, last year, were the biggest game of the year, Elden Ring. Love that game. <clears throat> what do you, what do you, okay. So one of the things that I do like to, decompress or whatever I think is, is read or, or lately I just watch a lot of Dateline. But my question for you is like, what, what do you love about video games that helps take you away? And I'm assuming that it, it kind of calms you down a little bit. Well, maybe you just said it right there, man. It takes you away to escape into another world. Like, especially when you get into a role-playing game and you start, well, role-playing as that character, it's like an escape from the real world and you're, you're just somewhere else for a while. Yeah, that's um, and and those games again. This is me speaking from a point of ignorance. Like, there's just you can always explore in those games, right? And there's there's yes. always a lot to do. Okay, gotcha. Um, do you and have you found like a community of people by doing that? Um, no, but it has been a bond <clears throat> for me and my best friend. Uh, my, my best friend I grew up with, and we've been best friends since we were six or seven. And my only contact with him today is when we game online together. So you do the headset thing. Yes. Said the, said the old man, you do the headset <laughs> thing. Uh, okay, cool. Um, okay. So, um, you mentioned, uh, 2022, uh, last year, uh, as we're recording yeah. this. Um, so you lost your mom in 2018. You tried to end your kind of new relationship and uh, your girlfriend was like, no, we're not going to end. And then she was there for you in, in, in really yes. profound ways and helped you get through that. So yes. let's fast forward a little bit to uh, 2022. Um, why did you want right. to call out that that year specifically? Because quite frankly, it was the worst year of my life. Everything I could have lost, I lost in 2022. And now this year, I need to build myself a new life. Uh, I guess I'll take it from the top. Uh, after what happened with me and my girlfriend, we moved in together. Mm-hmm. Um, Christmas of 2019, we got engaged. And uh, we kept having to move back with the wedding because at, there were, 
we were living paycheck to paycheck and then the pandemic happened and then that made things even harder and going into 2022 um uh she had gotten a new higher paying job and so so had i which meant that uh the low income apartments that we were living in we no longer qualified so going into 2022 we both had higher paying jobs where we were moving into a nicer place um everything was supposed to be looking up and and so and you then, you guys probably had to sign a lease yes we okay. signed a 12 month lease in february mm-hmm. of 2022 it recently just ended okay um so literally the day we moved into the new place though i we i went out i believe it was february 1st to start my 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 car at the time i had a 2008 uh mizubishi i believe um and it didn't start like that's that's how the year started for me and mm. i had to take it in, i like no big deal though like i i took it into the shop cost me a couple hundred dollars to get it fixed and i i just Kept telling myself, it just, we're going to get through this. Everything's going to get better. So I got my car back and uh, I had my car back probably for, I don't know, two weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we got hit by a pretty good snowstorm down here. I, uh, I was on my way home from work and I lost control of my car and I careened into uh, the barricade on a turning lane and I took completely totaled the uh, axle of this vehicle. Were you hurt? I was not. Uh, it was just the vehicle, but I, I literally had paid two grand for this car. And then when I had estimates to how much you would to, to fix it, it'd be about four grand to fix the car. So it was not worth it. Um, wow. Okay. Can I, I just want to stop for a second. Cause I want to, I want to pull up a few things that you've said that I think are really um, I think you didn't mean like you, you just said them kind of nonchalantly, but they're very difficult things. One living paycheck to paycheck. Um, yeah, I, so many fucking people do that. I've done that a lot of my life, uh, from time to time. And it's, it causes it, that, that causes stress all the way down the rest of your life. Absolutely. And so if you're living paycheck to paycheck, right, you just sign a lease with your fiance, you got 12 months, and then the first day your car doesn't start. It's more than just like, oh, I can't go where I'm going. It's now I'm going to need to get this to a, a, a body shop or whatever you want to fucking call it. I don't know. I read books um, <laughs> for a living for a, for a, a, um, oh boy, God, Kevin. All right. Everything's fine. Hobby. Jesus. Um, all right. So uh, and then you get it there and God knows how much that's going to cost. Right. And then yeah. you have to factor that in. So is that something that, that was, how did you deal with the stress of things like that? Living paycheck to paycheck. And then when things like that came up. Well, honestly, um, living down here in Colorado, I smoked a lot of weed. Mm. What is this weed you speak of? I'm just kidding. Uh, Brent, Brent, put that out. <laughs> uh, and so that now, did you, did you grow up feeling anxious and stuff? Um, yeah, um, there were even points in my childhood where, uh, teachers would recommend my mom that she get me on Ritalin. Did, did you ever take that? No, my mom was staunchly against it. Okay. And do you find that the, when you, the weed, does it, um, cannabis, does it help your, your anxiety? Oh, absolutely. Like Mm -hmm. it was, it was a godsend for me. Um, me going into, uh, trucking here soon though i uh i've been able to smoke for about a year i miss it but wow. uh i gotta do what i gotta do yeah so um yeah we'll get to that in a moment the the trucking because you know i want to talk uh, i think a lot of people have to rebuild their lives especially when they don't expect to um so i, I want to you know i know that trucking is part of that so we'll we'll, we'll definitely talk about that so you guys moved in february 1 2022 your car doesn't start you get your, you take it to the shop. You pay your money. You get your car back. Two weeks later, you total the car. Yeah. Um, uh, did you get a new car? I mean, you. I can't imagine you can yeah. live in Colorado without. Um, a car. And that, I believe, out of everything, put great strain on my relationship with my fiance. Because in order for me to get a new car, she ended up having to put a thousand dollars down on it for me. 
Mm-hmm. And I got this new car, 2016 Kia, and um, just trying to embrace it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I never thought I'd be a Kia guy. <laughs> um, and uh, a few months later, I believe I got the car in March. And then come June, I believe June 5th, I'll never forget it. It's the day of my life changed forever. Uh, like I said, I'm a big gamer. That day, it was a Saturday. All I wanted to do was eat some Arby's and play some Elden Ring. Uh, so I, I went out to, to Arby's to get mm-hmm. me uh, some food. And in the drive drive through, I get a text from uh, my fiance. And she says that she needs me to go to the store and pick up a few things. I figure, all right, no problem. I pick up the stuff from the store. I'm heading home. And then I'm going through a light and a car pulls right in front of me and I end up T-boning them and careening into the barricade to completely totaling my new car. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I just want to make sure I'm, this is your second car wreck. Yes. And this is with the car that your fiance had was generous and gave a thousand dollars to put down on. Yes. And how long had you had this Kia when this second wreck happened? Two months. Okay. So two months. So. Were you hurt in this uh, accident? Again, no, I was not hurt. Good. I'm very resilient. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it, man. Um, and But the car was done? The car was done. Um, a couple days later, we heard they sent a insurance adjuster out, and they deemed the car totaled. Okay. Now, uh, did that mean that insurance would cover a new car? Uh, I got reimbursed uh, for the car. But it, I, I had about $300 left over, so there was no way that I was going to be able to buy a new car with that. So what did you do? Well, at this point, uh, it's been a few days later, and I was laying in bed with my fiance, just trying to vent to her. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I'm so glad, I'm so thankful that I have you, baby. And she turned to me and she said, well, you don't. I'm, I'm leaving you. What? Yes. She left me. Okay, so real fast, did you see any of that coming? In hindsight, I should have, but no, I did not. I never imagined that we would ever be apart. Like, words fail to describe how much I loved her. And even after everything that happened, I still do. Like, and so we had to go through this process now of trying to figure out this lease situation um right because you're what four four months into the lease maybe yeah we're about five 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 four months four or five months into the lease yeah and can i ask did she give you a reason why she was oh yeah we talked at length about it um like I said, uh, I liked the weed. Um, <laughs> I would, uh, she, she said that I, because of that, I feel like I was really lazy and I didn't pay attention to things that were happening to me. Like I would get off work, come home for 20. Uh, uh, that was, that had, that become my life for a good three, three to three to four years. Like I would just go, go to work, come home, get stoned and be on the couch and just spend time with my fiance. Like, that's all I wanted. Like I had no desire to do anything else. I just wanted to get high and spend time with her. Um, yet one of the reasons she gave that she was upset about was she said, uh, that I had abandoned her because there would be times where I would like to have free time. And I had an office because I'm a writer and, uh, I would, I would not only just write in my office, I would also, I also had my Xbox in there and there would be times where I would take a few hours and, and play Xbox. Mm -hmm. And like, she said that I didn't spend enough time with her, even though I literally made time for her every day. (laughs) Uh, And then there was the financial troubles after losing two cars. I was pretty broke and she said she was tired of struggling with me. So, all right. I think I've lingered on this enough. Anyway. Okay. Fair enough. So, uh, you guys 
come to the conclusion that you're no longer going to be together? Well, you- initially, my response was to run because uh, I the idea of being there with her when she had made it clear to me that she had every intention to see other people was not something I wanted any part of. Uh, so in July, I left for nine days and uh, I had attended to stay away. But in those nine days, my sisters uh, took me to Vegas and they, we had, uh, it was my sister's 40th birthday party and we partied and my sisters just tried to get my mind off everything. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately the conclusion I came to after the d- nine days away I need to go back and fix it. Were you in contact with your um, with her through those nine days, or were you guys kind of just doing a radio silence thing? Uh, we texted a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like small stuff. Like she would she would text me and ask like Where's this in the apartment? And I would just tell her like small stuff like that. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And uh, I came back. Uh, luckily, my my boss let me have my job back. He understood after everything I'd been through. Uh, and then from there I was riding my bike to work throughout the summer. Um, how far for, uh, four miles there, four miles back. So I was riding about eight miles a day Wow! and there were hills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, I got quite the workout. I, yeah. I lost about 20 pounds over the summer. Oh, wow. Um, speaking of that period of time, uh, there was a point where I was hit by a car. Um, are you fucking kidding me? No. Wait I was literally was crossing the street. I had a green arrow and a guy was turning right on red and he ran me right down. So and in, were you in the bike or just walking? On my bike. All right. Was it the ghost of the Kia that hit you? <laughs> Perhaps. You. So um, wait a minute. So uh, did you sustain injuries from that? No, but my bike was screwed up. Um, fortunately, I worked in a bike shop, so I was able to repair my bike. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. Were you on Um, your way to work at this time? I was on my way to work. I was 15 minutes late. I had to pick up the remains of my bike and walk to work the rest of the way. Jesus Christ. And a separate incident, probably two weeks later, uh, I I was riding to work and I was thinking about my ex and I wasn't paying attention. And my tires slipped off the side of the road and I went flying into the pavement and I gashed my leg open and I was bleeding. And I, I made my way to Dollar Tree to get some bandages so I could bandage myself up for the day. Uh, it, it, was, it was a rough summer. So were you even at the point too, at least I'm thinking back when in paycheck to paycheck, like even that, right? You have to go to yeah. the Dollar Tree to get bandages. Even that is like, fuck, I, mm, I can't be spending money on Band-Aids, uh, yeah. et cetera. And did was it a ser- did you have to get stitches or anything? Oh, um, like I could afford to go to well, the fucking fair hospital. Point. Fair point. <laughs> fair point. Yeah, I, uh, I'm assuming you had no insurance. Uh, no. Okay. But ultimately, I I, I bandaged myself up. Uh, I got some peroxide. I made sure it didn't get infected. I I changed my bandages until it healed up. Uh, then eventually, by the fall. I had saved up enough money uh, to buy myself a ca- another car. Okay. Uh, and uh, it's the car I have to this day. Um, is it another Kia? Uh, no, it is not. <laughs> what kind of car is it? Uh, I'm a Chevy guy. I got myself a Cobalt. Okay. So I, I have to ask this. And sweet Jesus, if you say you got in another wreck, I'm going to be very upset. Have you gotten in a wreck in that car? No, I have not. Okay, and I don't say that to jinx you. I'm very happy to hear that. Yes. Um, so you've had that about seven months, six months, something like that? Yeah, I got it at uh, beginning of October, I believe. Okay. Um, no, it might have been like end of September. Anyway, um, back to my relationship with my fiance. This These three months that I'm riding my bike to work uh, were rather cordial. Like we're, we're trying to get along. Um, we're trying to be friends. We uh, we'd, we'd, we'd even like watch... TV together sometimes and hang out, um, which is which is why I kind of had hope that we'd eventually be able to fix things. Um, when she was in college, uh, she one of her majors was French. Uh, mm-hmm. She spent a semester in in Fran- in the south of France. 
So one of the things I was working on that summer was learning French for her. I really I wanted to show her the effort I was putting in to try and repair our relationship because I really could not imagine us actually breaking up. Um, and then Labor Day came. Uh, we were both off because it was Labor Day. And uh, that morning she had texted me that um, tickets at the movie theater were uh, discounted. I don't remember exactly how much. Okay. And, and uh, we had both wanted to see the new Jordan Peele movie, uh, Note, I believe it's called. Yes, um, so we made plans and to go to the movie. And uh, <clears throat> I'm like, I'm really excited about it. I, I'm thinking maybe things can st- start to repair here. And then probably about three hours before we're about to go. Mm-hmm. She asked me to come to the living room and she tells me, um, yeah, we're not going to do that. She said, I, uh, something better came up and I'm going to go do that instead. And I was like, like she, we, the so other plans, came, like she's like, oh, I can go do this instead. Like somebody. Yeah, else out like she her. literally told me that I was her backup. If she had nothing else to do, she would do it. But this other guy had contacted her and she's going to go spend time with him instead. What did you and say? What? I was very upset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I should probably back up a little bit. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was a point before I went on my uh, little uh, nine day excursion in Vegas with my sisters. Um, before I left, uh, we, when she had initially broken up with me, we had a agreed that if we were going to live together, um, I would need the condition that she would wait until our lease was up until she started dating other people mm-hmm. because I literally didn't want to deal with that. I didn't want to face that because I still cared about her. I still care about her this day. I probably never won't care about her. But anyway, uh, I was making dinner one night and I went to go ask her something in her room. At this point I'd moved into my office. My office had become my room and uh, I go into her room and I catch her talking to some guy on her phone mm-hmm. and obviously she had lied to my face and said that she would wait to date people until so I, I i was upset we had a big fight and that morning i i tried to apologize to her for screaming at her i lost my temper and uh she wouldn't listen to me and then she called the cops on me and tried to get me thrown out uh for why uh, because of the fight the previous night, gotcha. she said she didn't feel safe, even though at the moment I was trying to apologize for that because I felt bad about it. Okay. But she wouldn't listen to me. She called the cops. Uh, talk, the, uh, the officer took me in the hallway and talked to me and I told him everything that was going on and he leveled with me. He understood. And he, but he told me that I was on a slippery slope. He said he had seen guys literally arrested and took him to jail for just throwing a cell phone and he told me that it'd be best for me to get out of the situation which is which led to my decision to leave for the nine days but of course as i mentioned before over those nine days i decided i wanted to go back and try to work on it so like i said those three months i was back uh we had been cordial up until this moment on labor day and then that night i finally gave up on her the the callousness and disrespect she showed me i had had it i i'd had it at that night i've i i got i got drunk and i joined a dating website <laughs> um i ended up meeting somebody that oh I, um thing is i was really like looking looking for a rebound you know mm. and i met this wonderful girl she was an artist her her artwork was incredible she was into video games and stuff like i was uh our first date we had coffee we talked everything went great we had our, our second date well i guess our, our first real date we went to the amusement park here in denver it's called the Litchies. we spent 10 hours together it was a great date i 
really liked her a lot. Like um, roller coasters and stuff? Yeah. Oh, nice. That's and uh, that, so we did that on October 29th. It, it was, and there was like a Halloween theme to the whole thing. And Halloween's my favorite holiday. So I had a good Halloween because of did that. Did you dress um, up as something? Oh no! But we went to the like the whole, the spook the spooky house and mm-hmm. all that, and she held my hand and it was cute and all that. Yeah. Um, well, uh, come November first, she tells me that she's having some financial troubles and she's going to have to take extra shifts at work, and we're not going to be able to do our second date like we had planned. We were plan- We even talked about it the day of our date that we were going to go roller skating next. Um, and then she kept having to put it off. And eventually she kind of just told me that she needed to focus on work and that she didn't have time for dating. So that relationship was over before it even began. Um, After that, I realized that if I was going to find somebody else, I was going to need to work on myself. Um, I'm planning to start therapy here in a few months and Hopefully one day I'll meet the person that I'll spend the rest of my life with. When you say, I, you know, when you say work on yourself, like, what do you mean? I mean, I know what that means, but like, what, what specifically does that mean to you? Um, well, I'm dealing with a lot of, I don't know the word I want to, uh, damage. I feel damaged. Um, like dealing with, losing my mom, but I, I had Amy and then all of a sudden I had neither. Yeah. And for the first time I feel truly alone and I need to learn to be okay with being alone, which is why I need, I feel like I need to talk to a therapist. And, and have you ever done therapy before? I have not. Well, it's I can, a good I, time. Just kidding. It's not. I mean, it is. I mean, I've been doing it for 32 years. Um, uh, and another thing, um, like I mentioned, when I lost my temper with my ex, I, I have, I do have a temper problem. I also want to talk to a therapist about because I don't want to be that. Mm-hmm. I, and honestly, I do feel like it's hereditary and I got it from my dad. Well, it sounds like, and again, uh, not being there or not, it sounds like you saw a lot of anger growing up. True. Yes. Now, was your did your mother have a temper? Um, not really. My mom was very much a smooth operator. She was like always the wisest person in the room. Okay, and it, I I have to commend you because, um, I think a lot of people struggle with with the very things that you're talking about. Loneliness. I mean, loneliness is uh, every, everybody struggles with that to a degree, but some people struggle with it mightily. And uh, some people struggle with temper uh, and both of those things. A lot of people won't, you know, take, it sounds like take the steps that you're, you're doing to, to, to try to, as you said, improve yourself, better yourself, et cetera. Um, right. So I commend you for that because that is, dude, it's not easy. And I was joking that therapy is fun, but the best therapy sessions are the ones that you get, at least in my estimation, you get out of the session and you're like, oh, I feel awful. But it's because you're just getting a bunch of, you know, you're working through some shit and it's right. not easy. So I commend you for that. Um, so you, well, that lease is up, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Following uh, the uh, Labor Day issue and once she found out that I was dating somebody else, uh, things got real nasty. Um, any interaction with her, no matter how hard i tried to be cordial and not fight with her she didn't care like there i I, like we could just be passing each other in the kitchen i'd like hello and she'd like don't fucking talk to me like that's the environment that i had to live with from september to february and it really strained my mental health and i've never been much of a drinker but i was starting to become an alcoholic just to get through that. What? Um, so you were always more of a guy who did well. I, I think you said you haven't smoked weed in over a year, maybe. Yeah, I quit 
um, because literally after the breakup happened, I knew I was going to get into trucking and I understand, uh, I understand that they do hair follicle tests, what goes back months, which is why I, wow, I did not know that. Yeah. I've completely stayed away from weed so okay. that I can go into the trucking. Yes. Um, what were you drinking? Um, there would be times where I would just get like a 12 pack. Um, mm-hmm. but there would be other times where I would get like a bottle of vodka depending on my mood. And did, um, did it provide you at least temporarily, um, a relief from that same anxiety? It, it, I, it, it, not on the level as marijuana. Right. Um, it's, it's definitely not even close in my estimation. I would much rather smoke than drink, but, uh, that's, that's what I had. And it, it at least took the edge off. Yeah. And I have to ask you this, uh, um, as did, how are your hangovers? I'm actually rather lucky. I didn't even get hangovers until I was over 30. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. The first time I got one was probably during that period. <laughs> Were you like, what the hell is this? Yeah, pretty much. Now, you, d- where do you, uh, so you moved out, I assume. Where are you living now? I've currently been staying at my sister's uh, until I start my trucking school um, this coming week. That would be your middle sister, right? Because yes. your oldest one lives in Vegas, right? Okay. Right. Um, siblings are great, even when they're not doctors. Yes. So that is a fuck ton of shit, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> so as you, I would just want to, let's see here. Car wouldn't start. Car fixed. Car accident. Had to get new car. New car. Car accident. Had to ride bike. On bike. Get hit by car. Had to ride bike on bike, not paying attention, fall, hurt your leg, can't really go to the doctor. So you just kind of take care of it yourself. You're going through this breakup uh, and then you briefly date somebody and, and that doesn't work out. Yeah. And then you kind of turn turn to alcohol because you can't, there's no weed, right? Right. So all of that, right? It, the worst year of your life, I believe, is what you called it? Absolutely. Nothing about the year you compete. Yeah. Um, so tell me what this is a really broad question. I don't think there's any right answer, of course, but like what did you t- what do you take away as you're starting to move forward from that, as you said, and rebuild? Like kind of what what do you think were were there any positives about going through all of that? Like did you learn like what did you learn? Um wow. et cetera. I mean that is a tough question. Thank um, you. I and maybe you haven't think, learned yet by the, it, it, you sorry. know, I feel like after what happened, mm-hmm. I would probably want to take away to not trust like I do. Um, but that's not who I am. I trust people. I like, I don't think I could ever just be as cold as my ex was towards me. Like, it was like a switch flipped in her brain and that everything we had, the five years we were together meant nothing to her in just like a second. And like, I, the idea of like maybe not trusting, like just seems wrong to me after what I went through. But like, I guess if I had to learn a lesson, a lesson, it would be that to be less trusting. Yeah, I can understand why one would, but I I love your impulse to say, but that's not who I am. Um, I I don't see it. Hmm. Yeah, it that's hard, man. And have you who have you have you leaned on your sister a lot, like just to not even as your sister, but just as 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 a friend? I've I've talked to her a little bit about it. I haven't like completely unloaded on her because I don't want like to overwhelm her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm saving a lot of that for the therapist. Yeah. Uh, so for anybody out there listening, I, I've gone through years myself similar to this now with way less cars. Uh, luckily, the the worst year of my life, I didn't have a car. So I, that part was <laughs> that didn't happen. Right. But I had a bunch of other bullshit happen and it's just difficult things. And I don't mean bullshit. That's a that's a crass way to say it. But 
What would you say to somebody who might be listening now, who might be going through something just as kind of unrelenting as what it sounds like you went through? Keep going. Um, I hate to be the guy in quote a television show, but I was recently watching um, the season finale of The Last of Us on HBO and something the main character said that really resonated with me. Mm -hmm. He said, even though you feel like you're at an end, keep going because one day you'll find something else to fight for. Yep. Yep. Um, and that's based on a video game. Yeah. Did you play that game by any chance? I'm an Xbox guy. So unfortunately I missed that. It's a PlayStation. Oh, it's a PlayStation. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. I I had no idea. There's also a great Churchill quote. All right. It's attributed to him. I don't know if he ever said it. He's probably hammered on brandy at like 10 in the morning, but, uh, if you're going through hell, keep going. Oh, yes. Um, I think of that sometimes. And then one I quoted earlier today is uh, Bukowski, a, a writer and poet. Uh, he said he has a book called uh, What Matters Most is How Well You Walk Through the Fire. Um, and, I, and I think you that's share. Uh, I'm sorry. I, that's a great quote. Yeah. Um, I think you sharing your story. Uh, for people who may be going through again, it's not going to be exactly similar. But people have times in their lives where it's just like one thing after the other. And it's like, what in the hell? And the fact that you have come, one, what you said at the beginning of the show, where you came on, you're like, oh, I've listened to your show and I wanted to pay it forward. You wanted to give back to people and share your experience, which is kind of kind of the whole goal, right, of sad times. That's an amazing thing. Two, that you're, as we talked about, you know, you said, I, I would like to go and, and work on myself and, and uh that three you're working you're about to start a new job um or a new career uh, these things are not easy michael and i think if you if you have a minute you know not now but at some point maybe reflect and just say hey i'm doing it you know i'm i'm doing my best all you can do yeah so i i really commend you um for coming on here uh for telling your story for for sharing that um is there anything else that you wanted to add before we were to wrap up I wish I had something more profound to say, but no, that's all I got. <clears throat> well, we'll leave that profound shit to Bukowski then, I guess. That's that's kind of my saying. Well, Michael, thank you for reaching out to us. Um, thank you for being on. Uh, you know, all, thank you for having me. Yeah, of course, man. And you know, to everybody who's listening, kind of always try to end the show with this. Something I try to remind myself is um, there's always room for kindness and grace. Uh, no matter the situation. And one way that I try to remember that is with myself. Um, I'm uh, obnoxiously mean and hard on myself, mean to myself. And, and I try to remember, hey, I can be kind to myself too. And uh, I, I think it's just important for all of us to remember. And, you know, Michael, thank you again for being on the show. And uh, we wish you all the best. Thank you. And we'll see you next time on Sad Times. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.